0: Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Shriners Children's Open. That's right. Uh, I just got back from. The golf course right now. Sorry, just setting making sure I have everything set up there. Just got back from the golf course. Everything looks pristine. It's absolutely perfect in Vegas. It, it, the weather could not be better. Uh it, it's I'm stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. So, this is the live chat uh brought to you by our friends over at Jock Market. We'll talk more about them in a second, but that is stock market DFS. And if you're not playing it, you're crazy. Um, the next hour or so, that's your time. If you want to ask about the Shriners and ownership and whatever, just throw it in the chat. We'll get through as many as possible. Um, Bear with me here. I don't have my wife on the producing joysticks here, so this is going to be all me. If there's some weird transitions between screens, uh, that's my fault. But otherwise, let's jump into the comments here. Oh, well, first of all, right out of the gate, uh, there is a super chat. So let me just hit that one right out of the gate. Adrian says, hey, Rick. McNeely is going to win this, isn't he? He's literally in his backyard as of now. Yep. But doesn't have a great history here. Does his game suit? Uh, so Adrian, first of all, thank you very much for uh, the the super chat. That is, um, while unnecessary, very much appreciated. So let's talk about Maverick McNeely. And I'm going to show you uh, my website It's rickrungood.com. You should subscribe. I think you'll like it if you are not already subscribed. And we can look at McNeely, and I think there's a couple of interesting things going for him. Uh, we have seen him at times play better in some of these these I don't want to call them birdie fests, but events that you need a lot of a lot of low scores. Uh, he seems to play better in those coming off the runner-up finish, but at at the Fortinet. But that is really uh, just an extension of this really strong streak of golf that he has had dating back to last summer, Uh just piling up top 20 finishes seems to be coming into his own, seems to be doing it in a way that's very sustainable from T to green. Uh And ideally uh, what we're seeing are his putting splits. He is a great putter in general, but very, very good. His best surface is bent grass. Uh, and obviously very used to the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas greens and here at Summerlin. So yes, I, I don't, he did not make my, Betting card this week, but he is uh, someone that I'm certainly keeping an eye on. Uh, Scott B says, uh, good afternoon, Rick. Thanks for all you do. Thank you. EVR stuck out to me when the odds came out at 50 to 1. He ended up first in your custom model, which surprised you. It did. Any reservations for betting him outright? Um, well, uh, <laughs> anybody at 50 to 1, I have, I have reservations about. Um, now, what I will say is this is a very good stretch of golf for him. Right, you know the to Green play plays plays his way into the FedEx Cup playoffs, makes a deep run into the playoffs. You wonder if that was the crescendo, right? Was that what he was building up to, and now it's kind of lack of urgency. I don't know the answer to that question. So when I ran my model, and I think I did 24 rounds, that is like prime EVR stretch of golf, you know, and it's the best stretch that we have seen from him. I don't like that there has been. A break. I, I wish that he could have just kept that momentum rolling. Um, I also don't love that he is longer off the tee than accurate. It's not. It's obviously not going to hurt you to be longer off the tee, but like the really the only way you get in trouble around Summerlin is to miss big off the tee, and he doesn't do that. He's like 96th in driving accuracy, but that would be my one concern. Ben Grass, he's okay on so. I I'm, I'm lukewarm on this. I I'm not excited. I'm not sprinting to the window. I understand it. He's not going to get my investment. I would feel much better. If this was just the week after the tour championship or something like that. Spencer says with such a strong start to Seamus powers, professional career. Do you think he's regressing still shows up a lot in my models? Can we trust him this week? Uh, he's been a professional for a very long time. I I think what you're referencing is this is just like since he won maybe he's tailed off a little bit which is which is not unusual, right? He wins, he he peaks at the Barbasol. This is there is so much ebbs and flows in the world of golf and for these golfers, right? And he goes on this this great stretch where he piles up top 20s, piles up top 10s and it ends with a victory. It's hard for a lot of guys to Continue after that. Um, I do worry about this right here. Now, two events in a row, but you know, one real event in this recent run where he loses 4.3 strokes on approach. That is probably. Yeah. It's one of the worst of his career. So I, I don't think that's going to happen again. I'm, I'm probably a bit more bullish on Seamus power, getting back to this version of himself, which is that of one, uh, who is a really, really good ball striker. When you say trust him, it kind of depends, right? I don't know what, what, what you're asking him to do. If it's finished inside the top 20 at plus money. Sure. If it's win the golf tournament, no, I don't think that's going to happen, but he is by far, uh, Ben grass is by far his best split who in the 8k range has grown on you and why also do you see anything cool getting to have boots on the ground this week? Um, so good question. Thank you very much. Let me pull this up. This is the cheat sheet. So the 8k range, um, I'll make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see the 8k range. Who have I grown on this week? You know, (laughs) Corey Connors is kind of interesting. Uh, he has such a high floor, right? We see every single week. Corey Connors is basically a, a top 20 machine. This is a really kind of, I don't want to say it's a disrespectful price, but being as low as he is 8,800 for a guy who has uh, a really high floor. He, I was watching him out there today and yesterday he's just striping it. And that's what he does. So I think that he has grown on me a little bit uh, as far as uh, seeing anything cool. I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff. Anytime you're at a, at a PGA tour event, it's cool. When you get to a practice round, it's really low key, right? I mean, yesterday was, you know, there was nobody out there and it's just you and the guys and they're happy to engage with you. And it's, it's, it's always, it's always very cool. The course looks like it's in great shape as it always is. Um, looking forward to that. And then also looking forward to Summit Club next week, which I've never been to. Uh, so that will be really exciting. Hey, Las Vegas, Rick. Hello. Uh, thoughts on Joaquin Neiman this week. Seems like a lot of value at his price at 50 to one in the sports book should be rejuvenated after four weeks off. I completely agree. So there is, Uh, I think I might've mentioned this in the, in the betting preview that I did this week. The fact that Joaquin Neiman and Matthew Wolf are the same price does not make any sense to me. When I say same price, 40 to one or 50 to one, depending on the book, but both whatever book, they're generally the same price. Uh, That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, Matthew Wolf, um, there is a lot of optimism about this week that I just might be treading more carefully. Uh, and that has suited me just fine for 12 months. And I'm going to continue to do that. until I start to see him lean back into that driver. Neiman's kind of an interesting situation because his putter, which for the majority of last season was really good. You know, he was 47th on tour in strokes game putting last year. And that includes the horrific stretch of golf at the end of the year where he lost basically 11 or 12 strokes over the course of the final three events alone. Right. That's incredibly uncharacteristic for him to lose five and three and a half back to back weeks. You have to go back basically a year, a year and a half to find the last time he lost like three strokes in a single tournament. Um, So I, I do think that the ability to reset the ability to get a month off four weeks off, figure out the putting stroke that is generally good for him. I, I, I'm i very optimistic about Joaquin. Yeah. Is there anyone you'd be confident in (laughs) to make five or more birdies in round one? This sounds like a special little uh, prop. Well, what I would say is you're looking for birdie makers, right? So um, let's do this. Let's go to the Holy Grail. Let's pull up um, scoring and let's go to birdie or better percent. We'll look at last year's numbers so that we have a big enough sample size. And we'll look for guys in this field. Uh, top five, Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Webb Simpson, Victor Hovland, Harris English, no surprise there. Kind of your big-time birdie makers. Cam Davis is interesting, right? He gives back a lot more birdies um, than than most of these other guys, right, with, with bogeys. But there are some interesting names. Aaron Wise, right? Aaron Wise is a top 15 birdie maker on the PGA Tour. Ryan Palmer is. They just give them back more often. So I don't know exactly what type of – Player you're looking for. You could also look for kind of these streaky players, um, like consecutive birdies or eagle streaks. Let's see. You know, Adam Hadwin for or Rory Sabatini and Charles Schwartzelt had a five-hole stretch of birdies or eagles last year. This probably isn't all that valuable because I it, this also doesn't tell you how many times they did this. So forget that. Okay. Uh, Scott Fitz says, Hey Rick, just a quick question for you. How many rounds before a golfer has a profile was do, trying to do a deep dive on Steven Yeager and couldn't find him in the database. Yeah. So, uh, good question. So that is actually triggered by the PGA tour. So the PGA tour has a number of, uh, a round of number of rounds to qualify for stats. I don't know what it is off the top of my head, but it's a percentage of rounds that have been played on the year. So what I've been doing is I've been adhering to that rule. If you ever get into a situation where someone doesn't show up on the player profile, he, he should still show up in the Holy grail because the Holy grail will show guys, uh, in theory, as I type this in, and I hope that I'm right. I am when they play like one round, right? So, so if you go to Steven Yeager on, Uh, like he did not have enough rounds last year to qualify for a player profile, but I have 187 rounds on him in the Holy grail. So you can always kind of go this route and see the information on him. Uh, that is something I will correct in the future. Uh, you will, you will see golfers with profiles that are not in current season qualification mode. There'll be, there'll be more. So that's something I'm going to fix, but that's currently the way that it's set up. Oh, Jay-Z is here. Hova in the house is my main man, Rick been a while. Yeah. Jay, where you been? He wants to know anything you've got on his boy, Emiliano. Uh, damn. I screwed it up. Emiliano, the, the Grilla the grilla, if you want to pronounce it correctly. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Grillo showed up for me actually in a couple of different models that I ran, obviously the ones that are going to, um, Benefit those who are ball strikers and birdie makers. What you'll also note about Emiliano, um, he is a hard putter. I think we all know that. But on bent grass, he is a zero, which if you're a zero on Grillo, that is like stealing, right? And we can actually go look at this. Let me pull up his holy grail and we'll just look for, you know, the last whatever amount of results for him while he's been on bent grass. Let's just let's just do that. Here we go. So um, he's still bad, but what he seems to have are peak weeks. You know, him gaining three and a half strokes in a week at Charles Schwab. Him gaining three strokes here last year at Summerlin. Uh, He gained 10 in Fort Worth. He loses a lot, like in terms of frequency still, but he has these kind of peak one-off putting weeks on Crass, which I think is noteworthy. Because if he gets one of those weeks, if he gets a three and a half or a plus three with the rest of his game, you'd think that would result in a good finish for Mr. Emiliano, the gorilla. Smash that like button, people, says Dan the Man. Thank you. Who are your top three sub-6K guys this week? Okay, so I think there's a couple ways to approach this. So I'll go back to the cheat sheet. Sub-6K, uh, if you want to go all the way down to the bottom, uh, Mark Hubbard, I'm fine with. Mark Hubbard is $6,100. He's made six consecutive cuts on the PGA Tour. He's missed two or three on the Corn Ferry Tour in that stretch. uh, Coming off a 16th place finish at the Fortinet. He's a good putter. I'm I'm cool with that. Um, If you want to go really, really low, Harry Hall, and I watched him yesterday during his practice round. He hit it okay. He hit it fine. He plays out of Summerlin. Plays there a lot. Shot a 60 a week ago. Is he going to shoot a 60 this week in tournament conditions? No. Is anybody going to shoot a 60? Eh, Probably not. But... That gives you ultimate flexibility. Um, so I think those two are at least interesting. Outside of those two, uh, there are, let me see, there was somebody at 6,900, I think. That, oh, Roger Sloan at 6,900. Three out of his last four results have been top 15s. Uh, playing well. I like what he's doing. I don't mind Matt at all. Probably those three. You could sell me on Denny McCarthy, you could sell me on Sabatini. Um. But I would you could sell me on one last go around of Hank Lee Bioda. You could sell me on that. But I, I would probably stick with those other guys. There's another super chat here. Um hybrid says, Hey Rick, what's up? Hey hybrid. As much as I love the guys, this place a horrible fit for Rasmus. Wild bomber with horrific short game and putting. Yeah, that's that's a, a pretty good assessment of him, right? Where I, I think that um this is not the place for him now. When I say that, he probably goes out and win the, wins the golf tournament, but I would much rather like Rasmus in a situation where, uh, you're getting him, I don't know, like 3M open. Uh, you know, some of these weeks that we have, I'm trying to think what's coming up on the schedule. So, so, so we're gonna go to CJ Cup, we're gonna have a couple places like what, Sea Island, um. I'm trying to think if there's anything by the end of the year that might be a better fit for him. I think like next summer, which I know is a long time to wait. There's like, there's a stretch of like six or of eight events where it's just bomb without regard for accuracy. It's, you know, it's Twin Cities, it's Detroit Golf Club. It's places like that, that I would be rocking and rolling on, on Rasmus with. So no, I don't think this is particularly, um, particularly a great spot for him. Thank you for the super chat again. Not necessary, very much appreciated. Let me find my spot here. <clears throat> hey Rick, can we take a look at first round scoring average stats at TPC Summerlin for first round leader bets? So the answer to that is yes. Uh there might not be a lot of data for a lot of these guys, but here's what we can do. We can do all the players in uh let's go by rounds. All the players in this field at TPC Summerlin in first rounds, there's not going to be there's going to be a lot of guys with no data or like or, like, one round, but um, we can do it, we can do it. So, scoring r- strokes gain total here. See, yeah, like Seth Reeves, number one, because uh, in 2018, he gained 6.3 strokes on the field. Of golfers who have at least four of these, JJ Spawn, uh, JJ Spawn has gained in his last three first rounds at TPC Summerlin on average 2.12. Brant Snedeker. He is four for four in opening rounds at t p c Summerlin ryan palmer uh five uh, so this is kind of interesting. Ryan Palmer has now shown up twice. Ryan Palmer showed up on the birdie makers one, and Ryan Palmer is now showing up on five of his seven first rounds at t p c Summerlin. He has gained strokes, which in theory when you're when you're rattling this down to uh you know just first round leaders, eighteen holes you kind of like that volatility, that, that ability to make birdies. I'm okay with that. So there you go, Graham. Hopefully that gives you a couple of ideas. Russell Knox also up there. He has seven rounds as well. Even Nick Taylor, seven rounds. Um, and some of them are actually big. Nick Taylor gained six in 2019, three on the field in 2015. Not so bad. Thanks for the question. Always fun to do some kind of off-the-wall stuff. What are your best bets uh, under 8 or 9K on FanDuel? So I do have that on the cheat sheet. I am not uh, as active on FanDuel. So let me let me sort by FanDuel pricing here. I'll pull it up on the cheat sheet. Under 8 or 9K? Uh, so under 9K? Let's see. Um, I, I'm kind of warming on Garrick Higo as the week goes on. UNLV guy who won at Palmetto, which is a course that you know, if you're not in the fairway, you're in the sand. This is kind of like, if you're not in the fairway, there obviously is rough, but sometimes you might be in the desert. Um, I don't, I don't mind Garrick Higgo. I don't mind. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm i am taking a very cautious approach on Sahith. You know, we're going to see what he turns into. I saw some very nervy shots from him on Saturday and Sunday, which is to be expected from a guy who's in contention for the first time. I wouldn't mind um, Sahith in like a showdown situation. I'm not sure I want four rounds of Sahith. Doug Gims, a Vegas guy. He's 8,200. That might be kind of interesting. And then under eight K that's where Sloan comes into, 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 uh, into zone. Look at this big difference between Hubbard on FanDuel and on DraftKings. Hubbard is 7,800 on FanDuel. 6,100 on DraftKings. To put that into perspective, Bramlett is also 7,800. He's 72. Two hundred on DraftKings. Roger Sloan is seventy-eight hundred on Fanduel. Sixty-nine on DraftKings. So if you are on Fanduel, you might not want to play Hubbard, but you might almost certainly want to play him on DraftKings. Hey, Rick, who do you think presents the most value as a top twenty pick this week? Um, when you say value, I'm not sure, Sebastian. If that means like longest shot to do it, or if you think like who's a lock, I, I kind of take it in the latter way. Who's the lock? So I I kind of think it's Abraham Answer. You know, when you ask me about a course where playing out of the fairway um, is critical or at least is going to give you an opportunity to make a lot of birdies and that length is not a huge prerequisite and getting a hot putter helps and the two top fours in the last three years, I, I believe it's be Abraham answer. Um, I hope that helps you. This this video or this live chat is uh, indeed brought to you by uh, Jock Market. So If you've been around, it's been over a year, this partnership that I've had, um, with jock market, because I love, I love the concept. I love the execution. It's stock market DFS. You can buy and sell shares of golfers. You can short shares of golfers, uh, even if you don't own them. So for example, if last week you looked at, uh, Sahith make a couple of, uh, nervy swings on Saturday, coming down the stretch, like I saw him do, you could have shorted shares of him and you could have made money on him actually dropping to whatever he ended up finishing T eight. Um, tonight is IPO which means tonight is when you bid on golfers. So I believe it's open right now. And you can bid on golfers until about 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. And if you are the high bidder, you get allocated those shares. So to give you an idea, here are the payouts from last week. So Sam Burns last week on Wednesday sold for $7.77 a share. He won. He got the full $25 payout. You made $17 a share. Cameron Young actually made you more per share because he sold last Wednesday for two dollars and six cents a share, paid out the full twenty. Nick Watney sold for two dollars, paid out eighteen dollars. Eighteen dollars a share. So really cool format. If you use the code Rick, you'll get up to a fifty dollar deposit bonus, or you can click right here. Uh, that is on my website. If you go to PGA Tools, free tools, Jock Market, it'll get you to this page. You can see the data and you can see all the all the all the links and all the good stuff for that. So always a fun time. Join Joe Idoni and myself this evening. For an outright, which two do you pick? Answer, Hovland, Webb. These are my two, these are my three favorite players up there. Um, if you made me pick, it would be Webb and Hovland. I, I know that Answer just broke through, but we're still going to learn about how much, what his win equity is, right? And, and if he's going to be a prolific winner. To me, Hovland already with three wins, two here and one on the European tour, that's pretty prolific. Uh, Webb obviously can win. So I, I, I love all three of those guys. I would take Webb and Hovland to answer your question. Who have you grown on during the week? What would your updated model look like? Oh boy. I talked about Corey Connors as someone that I've, that I've grown on. Um, Wow. That's a good question. I think I've grown on. I'm not sure. Oh, Jason. Okay. I'll tell you what Jason Kokrak to me looks fit. Jason Kokrak looks uh, like he put in work in the in the couple of weeks off. He looks trim to me. He looks tight to me. I was watching him out there today, and he was just all business man. He was playing in a big group of it was a big pro am group. There was like three other amateurs in his group, and there was like ten people walking with the Rube. I haven't seen it like that before. I don't know who it was, um, but he got up there. You know, he hits his approach. He rolls in that putt. Then he goes and does his work. He was just laser focused. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked trim um, plays here a lot. He hasn't had a lot of great success, but at this event, but plays here a lot. I think it's valuable. I think Jason Kokrak has grown on me. If I were to build a new model, um, let me do this. So I don't even remember what I did in the, in the the DFS preview, which is probably a good thing. Um, so this is the custom model on rickrungood.com. I'm going to do last. I probably did 24 rounds. I'll do that again. Um, I, again, man, I I think I remember No, I don't know. Okay. Accuracy still for me is big. Let's put 15 on accuracy, 15 on birdie or better, um, approach. So here's what I'm also going to do. I'm also going to do like a hybrid strokes gained off the tee. So I'm going to do 10 on distance, 15 on accuracy. So I'm allocating 25 weights off the tee. It's a lot, but I think it's important here. Then also I'm going to allocate 25 to approach. And 20 to putting. We've seen historically putting be the king here. Uh, And then I've got 15 left. And I want to drop 15 on... Well, I don't want to double up on strokes game putting. I kind of do, though. Uh, Let's do... Here's what I'll do. I'll actually kind of flip this a little bit. This is not a direct direct correlator, I guess. I'll do 15 on three-putt avoidance. So what we actually see is... uh, These are like the fourth largest greens... Um that that they've played on tour in the last couple in the last year, I believe. So what ends up happening is when you have large large greens, there's a lot of three putts out there. So let's let's run this and see what comes out. Sam Burns is number one, no surprise. EVR number two. Answer three, Hubbard four. Yikes, I gotta play Hubbard. Tringale, five, Kokrak six, Stewart English, Ryder, Poulter rounds out my top ten. Pretty interesting. Another super chat here. So NCAA nation says, shame his power cost me last week. Can he be trusted to have a good finish? Uh, first of all, thank you for the super chat again, not necessary, but appreciated. Um, I guess it depends on what you think is good. Can he finish inside the top 20? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is he going to win? Probably not. But I, I think that him coming off of a week where he lost four strokes on approach, which has been pretty uncharacteristic of him. I would think that that's going to get better. Uh, I think he's going to get back into form. Yes. So I'm positive and pro on Seamus power. Thank you very much. Brady says, have you thought about adding grass type putting into the custom model? So here's a little sneak peek. The custom model is going to be bonkers. So there, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes here. Um, there's going to be a lot of things added to the custom model. There's going to be a lot of things added to um, the website, RickRunGood.com. So yes, there. Uh, all the ideas that you have, I also have, and then more. So it, it's going to be it's going to be great. Keep an eye out of, on it on it moving forward. Three best win equity guys below seventy five hundred dollars. I'm going to go with win equity, win equity, win equity. Um, Kazier is. Uh Kazire is is volatile enough to win. That would be one. Stuart Sink, I think. I actually okay. So we had this conversation about being early on Ricky Fowler. Uh I think this is kind of a great time to run out Sink. He's got he's got Reagan on the bag, saw them out there hitting it today and yesterday. Um I don't blame a forty nine year old for fading down the stretch of the super season where he had already won twice. I do not blame him for that at all. So I think now with some rest, some relaxation, Reagan back on the bag. He was a great approach player last year. i I think sink is is in the is in this conversation. And then other win equity guys. Um you know, notice I'm passing over Norlander, who I like, but if we're talking about win equity, these are guys that actually have to win the golf tournament. Man, it's pretty ugly. I would throw in maybe Kisner. Uh, I know it wasn't great play down the stretch, but we know we can win, right? I guess it was, we won at Uh, But uh, Kisner, who again, not a long course, gets a putter going, win equity. It's a very specific question. Those are my answers. James says, as always, thanks for all the great content. Thank you. What are your top learnings so far this week from being on the grounds of the course? Anything you're hearing, seeing in great form. You know, it's, it's funny. It's always hard to tell. I um I th- I probably told this story before. The you you don't know what guys are doing on the range. When you see a guy hit a sh- five straight shots in a row, then a draw, then a cut, and a straight shot, it's easy for us to interpret that as being um you know, in complete control of his game. And what I've actually done, like when you ask guys, they'll t- sometimes they'll tell you I'm all over the place right now. Like that's not what they're trying to do. So it's kind of hard to tell. Uh, so when you go out there and watch them play the- a couple of holes, it makes more sense. Again, I, I thought Jason Kochrack struck it well. I thought Hideki looked like Hideki, right? I thought that. Um, trying to see who else I who else I saw out there, you know, that I would say was playing well. Um, Palmer looks good. You know, these guys all look good. It's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to tell. Otherwise, the course, um, you know, I'm I'm familiar with the course. It looks it looks like it's in great shape. Enjoy the PGA this week, thank you. Uh, I would prefer probably either of those guys over Sahith. It's nothing against Sahith. I just think that we're going to find out a lot about him this week. With Kevin, yeah. So I'm actually. I got I to gotta update these projected ownerships, and I'm going to do that here in a second. Uh, with Kevin not out, I think a lot of the ownership goes to uh, Sung Jay and Harris English. I think it goes to Corey Connors and Patrick Reed. That's the way that I think it, it spreads out a little bit. There's not a lot of – I don't think Siwoo gets a huge bump because he's right there below. I don't think Paul Casey gets a huge bump. I just think a couple of guys, Connors, Reed. Uh, I think, I think people will mostly rework lineups is actually what I think will happen. Because if you look at the way that the pricing is, people might just go, okay, you know what? I'm out on Kevin. I'm going down to Joaquin Neiman. And now I've got an extra thousand dollars and now I'm going to swap out somebody else. I think people are going to rework lineups. Rick, you hear the words, Bencrass birdie fest in the desert. Based off of that, do you take Hideki and Sungjae or Webb and Reed? Thanks, pal. Um, yeah, you know what? It's funny because Reed has historically won harder events, uh, but like once or twice we've seen him kind of win a birdie fest. Hideki and Sungjae or Webb and Reed? I think it's Webb and Reed. It's close. I think it's Webb and Reed. Rick, thanks for the content. Uh, could you deep dive into Wolf and Merit? Um Yeah. Uh maybe not. Here I'll I'll answer this other question. There's so many questions that I've that I've missed. So I apologize. I I gotta get through these. Uh and what where what is the tool to find trending values, value plays? Well, you can click this trends tool right here. So this trends tool will not only allow you to sort via Uh, strokes gain, finishing position, or fantasy points for whatever time frame that you want. Also shows you who's hot and who's not versus for any stat that you want. Also shows you breakout candidates. So if you were looking for value this week, uh, some guys that appear to be breakout candidates would be James Hahn, Martin Laird, Joseph Bromlett, um, KH Lee, even Bill Haas and Keith Mitchell. These are guys who are hitting it well, but are getting unlucky putting or at least putting below their expected baseline. Hey Rick, with Zalatoris to be uh the lowest owned 10 10k golfer after uh Burns, has your opinion changed on him? Uh, my opinion, I think, on on Zalatoris is generally pretty high, that he's gonna be great and you don't have to you don't really have to worry about him all that much. But I do worry on um this course where putting has been a very strong correlator to success and maybe making enough putts to get to I don't know twenty. Under, um, I would worry about I would worry about Zaltors. I've answered uh, a couple of these, so I am going to skip over some of these. Actually, I've answered a lot of these. Will Webb or Hovland be over twenty five percent owns? I think Webb more likely than Hovland, just because he's closer to Kevin Nas price. So people who might've swapped and had a little bit of money left over, it's easier for them to get to web than it is to Hovland, uh, by just a hair. So I think Webb will be, I don't think Hovland will be. Well, who are the lowest three owned lowest owned players? You consider rostering in a single entry GPP. Uh, I mean, there's nobody I wouldn't roster because of low ownership, if that makes sense. So all of them, I consider all of them. Gregory says, have you gotten the chance to talk to any golfers about form? Rick, you know, this course better than anyone. There has to be one key stat that stands out uh, more than the other. So from, from my eye test, from my eye test um, and no, and playing the course and all that stuff. I, I know the model says it's, it's that good putters have found success here. And I understand that because it does turn into a birdie fest to me being moderately long, being like in the top half of driving distance and being in the fairway is, is the key. There's just... The only trouble you can get into is if you're wild off the tee. It's the only trouble that you can get into. So, and you don't have to be long, but just be playing out of the short grass. You're going to get home. There are par fives I can get home in two. Um, not from the Shriners tees, but you get my point. If you, like, you know what I mean? Like, even even I go to golf courses and there's a lot of par fives I can't hit in two. I can go to the ones that, at Summerlin and get home in two. So, it, it's not... It's not long and it gives everybody a chance. So yeah, putters and above average driving distance, accurate players. Rick, I'm determined to pick the first round leader. Do you think Samuel Holland Burns is a good choice? Yeah. The best player on the planet last week. The guy who lapped the field by six shots and strokes, gained T to green. Yeah. The guy who makes more birdies than anybody. Yeah. The guy who gains five strokes or more 12% of the time highest rate on tour last year. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading these questions here. (laughs) Hey, Rick, when are you going to host the putting seminar for Keegan Emiliano and the rest of Team No Putt, crushing it on the vlog? I am a very good putter, believe it or not. I don't know when that started, because that's not historically a thing. I actually did get fit for a putter, but I kept the same putter. We just adjusted it a little bit. um, And since then, I have been... scorched earth on the putting surfaces. Yeah. So, uh, Keegan Emiliano, um, if you guys want lessons, uh, um, happy to happy to do that for you. Big course history correlation this week. A lot of dart throws with great history. Yeah, so it is. Um, uh, th- This is a great point. Probably something that that I, I should have mentioned at some point earlier in the week. This is a very stable course. Uh, and I'm actually going to start adding that. So there's going to be a little thing on the key stats here that says like, how important has year over year course history been? Is like, is how volatile is it? Because places like Torrey Pines, they're all over the place because there's danger lurking everywhere and one bad shot for the top players and they're gone, right? So some guys are like, Uh, third, fourth, miscut, miscut, win, miscut, miscut. Like Torrey Pines is crazy. This is a lot more stable. Um, which the course hasn't been adjusted all that much over the years. Generally the same length, always basically the same week of the year. A lot of the same players in the field. This is a very, very good course history week. So, so the perfect example for this, JG, to me, uh, is Kevin Streelman. Streelman has five, uh, recent years of not playing well at Summerlin. But the other five, the five before that, he's been great. So you kind of have to, like, and I don't think he's going to be popular. Like, I would not mind this little dart throw, as you mentioned it, on, on Kevin Streelman, just to be like, you know what? He's got half of the time he's been here uh, at this event. He's been really good. He's gained T to green in nine of his 10 trips or whatever. Like, maybe... Maybe that's what I'm looking into. Rick, you wa- rocked the world last week. Could you share your expertise and opinion on Hadwin this week? Uh, yeah, thanks, Jeff. It's been a pretty good run for me. Not only with the, I'll just toot my own horn here. Not only with the um, Sam Burns, which you love to get one right out of the way, right out of the right out of the gate, right. Um, but also. Had a lot of fun, the long drive with Bryson, and it was was good. It was a good week for me. All right, Adam Hadwin. Pros for Adam Hadwin. Uh, Generally pretty good at desert golf, right? Pretty good at desert golf, has has played well at the American Express. Very good putter on bent in his career. The cons for Adam Hadwin, no mojo, no juice here. Um, Missing a lot of cuts, losing a lot of strokes on approach. Losing from T to green, he's lost T to green in seven of nine. that's that's not good. That's really not good. You know you start to go back in his history, and it's not like he's ever been a dominant T to green player, but you could expect better. you know you could expect that he was going to gain in 60 percent or maybe even 70 percent. maybe yeah, maybe that's maybe 60 percent's better. We're not seeing that right now. so I I really do uh I do worry. I do worry here for Adam Hadwin. Um, I'm 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 not optimistic at all. Looks like the wind is significantly lower tomorrow morning. Yeah, I noticed that as well. Um you gotta wait until the very last minute for this. The conditions here, especially the wind, uh can change all the time. So Summerlin and I but I will tell you this though, Summerlin is kind of notorious for almost be almost having a dome over it. Even when it's windy in other parts of Vegas and around it, you don't necessarily feel it on the course all that much. So when you look at the weather forecast, um keep that in mind. It might be much more still on the golf course. I was out there today and I don't know what the forecast says it was for today. Absolutely perfect, not a breath of not a breath of of breeze. So I would tre- tread very lightly on trying to guess the wind unless it's really 25 miles an hour on one wave or something like that good evening from the uk rick thank you martin i bet wolf and jimmy walker uh 51 in each way eight places at 300 to one uh you like either both or not okay so sorry wolf at 50 walker at 300 um i the only place that i would get access to wolf is in the outright market so i'm i'm fine with that i wouldn't play him in dfs but an outright an outright bet that's the only play I, that's certainly fine. You know Jimmy Walker uh I, I I don't know what the let me see if I can find some something on him here. I don't know what the incentive would be on 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 Jimmy Walker. Uh so here he is. It's a lot of red my friend. Uh very bad off the tee which is concerning. He's very inaccurate 194th on tour last season. If he starts playing out of the desert, uh he's in big trouble. I really worry about these T to green, and especially off the T numbers. 190th off the T last year, 171st on approach. Oof, it's that's 300 to one. You can you could argue anybody 300 to one, but that's that's tough. Hey, Rick, what group did you decide to follow? Uh, so here's what I do. I I generally walk the course backwards. That's what I do. Now there is a there is a group. By the way, if you're out there tomorrow. Uh, come say what's up. There is a featured groups. Did I save this? Of course I didn't. The featured groups, there was a really good one for tomorrow. Give me one second. I'm going to find this. The one that I will likely see some time with is two of them. Brooks answer burns. That's good. I like this one a lot. Hideki, Hovland, Adam Scott, that feels, that feels good to me. That feels good to me. This one just says, Rick, 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 Rick. What's up, Jay? Who are the best bent grass putters in the field? That's easy enough. So what we'll do is uh, we'll go here to the Holy Grail. We will make sure that I have bent grass checked. This will go back in the full 11 years or 10 years that I have. In my database, I'll make sure nothing else is checked. I think we're good there. We'll sort by strokes, gain putting, and you'll see some of the better putters up here. But, oh boy, who's that man? Patrick Reed at the top. Brandt Snedeker, two. Todd. Brendan Todd, three. Cam Davis, believe it or not. Cam Davis, I don't think people really think is a strong putter. But on Bent, he is. Uh, interesting. Kevin Na, he's gone. Grayson Sig only has four rounds. Zach Johnson, Ricky Fowler. I would snap off some first round leader bets on Fowler and, and Snedeker. Just if you're feeling frisky. Rick, when considering total total lineup ownership, uh, what is a goal, good rule of thumb without sacrificing too much? I generally say 80% total ownership. Um, And then the larger the contest or the riskier you want to be, the lower. You know, if I was playing the flop shot, right, where there's going to be, well, I don't know, 130,000 people in it, uh, I try to keep it under like 60. And that doesn't mean necessarily 10 guys or six guys under 10%. You can have a 20% guy if you have a 5% guy, right? So that's what I would uh, consider. That's generally the route that that I go. And then the freakier you want to get, you know, keep it under forty, something like that if I was playing a cash game, I wouldn't care, but if I was playing a cash game, I don't know. Okay, I watched Harmon yesterday, Pop six eight seven oh. I have Harmon as my last guy, and I'm not feeling confident about it. Who else would you suggest if not Harmon? Harmon is fascinating. I watched a couple holes. He was fine. He was exactly what you'd expect from Brian Harmon. And I know it's just a practice round and it's not anything to to write home about. Um, here's the thing with Brian Harmon. He was horrendous down the stretch, but I'm already on record and I do, I do really believe this, that we should be giving these guys the benefit of the doubt for having a month off to getting back to their, to their DNA. Um, and of course that doesn't require distance, of course, that he likely is going to play out of the fairway a lot, of course, that he, you know, should be able to putt really well on. I'm okay with Brian Harmon. Um, I don't, I don't mind this. I'm nervous. Yes. But I, I don't, I don't mind that. Which Nick Watney narrative should we buy? Trending to make another cut because he's five plus five in five plus positive strokes gained ball striking weeks or fool's gold because of the 11 and a half strokes gain putting last week, that one, the, the latter, the putting. Do you think Hoffman plays any better when not in a tourney here? <laughs> I don't think he could play much worse. His success at this at this um at this event has not been good. So I, I would hope so. Uh-oh. Wind question says sheardog. This is gonna get uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's true. For uh, that's not a good question. I'm not gonna answer that. <laughs> uh Okay, we can look at Matt Jones. So Trey asked about Matt Jones. That's interesting because he was on my radar. I wanted to I wanted to look him up earlier. We can just do it together. So Trey says he's made three cuts in a row at Shriners and seems to be a good course fit. Let's find out if that's true. Um, partly. Here's oh boy, I hate this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11 consecutive events in in which he has lost strokes on approach. Oh man, to win a birdie fest, that's not going to happen. That's not going to work. He's going to have to be better than that. Look what he did at Honda. How do you win Honda? Gain 5.8. He's only gained stroke. He has gained strokes on approach once since his win in March. Ooh, Not good, friends. Uh, I also do not like that he is wild off the tee. 170th in driving accuracy last year. I do like that he's a good putter. But boy, boy, that is a tough pill to swallow. I don't think so. Daniel says, hey, Rick, I'm a friend of Feinberg. Hey, man. Uh, Absolutely love your content. Thank you. You make me feel like a much more intelligent gambler. That's, can that be the tagline? That's literally what I'm trying to do. I'm stealing that. Thank you. Glad you like Webb. My only bet this week so far. Thoughts on Tringale. You know, I don't know what to do with this guy. I'm I'm pretty much in the camp that he is just good, not great. Right? I love I love that we're starting to see. So I, I I expressed concern around Tringale when we were seeing him consistently lose strokes off the tee because that was one of the parts of his game that he had fixed and gotten a lot better at. Um, so now in the last two, he was a zero at the Fortinet and he gained a little bit at the Sanderson. That's encouraging, right? So now three of his last five he's gained strokes off the tee and he probably gained strokes at the open championship, but they don't provide us with the, the strokes gained metrics uh, for each category. So there's a good chance he has gained in, well, that he's been okay in four of six. There's a good chance of that. Uh, the rest of his game seems really strong right now. The problem is um, we literally don't know what his upside is, right? He's he's made more money on the PGA tour than anyone without a victory, which is kind of crazy. And you would think he keeps putting himself in position. He's going to win at some point, but it Part of me also thinks he can't handle the heat. I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope I'm wrong. So I'm I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged this week. I'm encouraged um, that he's gonna be on the first page or two of the leaderboard. I, I believe that. Good luck. Thanks for the nice comment. Cam Davis win equity. Uh, probably not here. I don't think this is a great spot for him. I literally said, and I will toot my horn on this one for a while. When Cam Davis won at Detroit Golf Club. What did I say that week? If I could could design a course perfectly for cam Davis, it would be Detroit golf club. I do not feel this that way about this course. Um, and even his win was very against his DNA, which has me concerned. Love the guy stripes it raw talent. He's going to continue to figure it out. I'm not sure he's got the win equity this week. Biggest fade for me. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not. It's probably Paul Casey. Uh, you know, it, I did not think he played particularly well at the Ryder Cup both in stat and in the eye test. Again, your good putters are the the strongest correlator to success at this event. We know that Paul Casey struggles with the flat stick. I that's probably my biggest fade. I don't know if that's like um you know, a hot take or not. I think Louis will be just fine. Thoughts on Louis? I think Louis will be just fine. Right? good, good spot for him. He only gets a little bit wild with the driver. Like when he's in a playoff, he rolls the rock should be well rested. I think he's good to go. Ryan Moore. Um, we can look at Ryan Moore. He plays out here all the time, right? He's at Summerlin constantly. Let's see what he's done recently. And if there's anything to be excited about the answer is like, no, but it's also not yet. Like this is, this is about as average as, as I could expect. Um, some weeks he's good on approach, some weeks he's bad, some weeks he's good off the tee, some weeks he's bad, some weeks he's good with the putter, some weeks he's bad. I he This is a very, very average stat profile. Let's look at his Shriner stuff. Ryan Moore might be like the most average player on tour right now. So let's see. He's gained strokes in each of the last five years. Uh, he's gained strokes in seven of nine. Obviously, he won in 2012. If there was ever a place to play him, I guess it'd be here. Because of the experience, but he is about as average as you can get right now. Any liens on KFT grads who are great on bent grass, We will have more of that information as they start to play more rounds on bent grass. Is there any tool that can incorporate home field advantage? Like if a player is a member at the course? Um certainly not something I've or something that I've I've certainly thought about. However, how do you quantify it? Right? We've heard guys say it's weird when you go to the club and there's stands and there's fans and there's sight lines and there's different routing, it might be a negative. It might be a negative. I don't know. So, so I've obviously thought about it. I'm not sure it's always a, a home field event. And then you go and you got to get tickets for everybody. I, I'm not sure it's a home field event. Golf flogs are fuego. Thank you, Matt. I do like the Ricky narrative Um, there. I don't care that it was his anniversary last night or that he's expecting his first child, but I do like that. He's had two months. Like if there's ever a time to be on Ricky, it's right now we've been successfully off Ricky for 15 or 18 months. There's, there's one crack right now to be early. If he took two months and got right, he's been the best putter. Look at this. I'm going to show you this because I got time. Holy grail. Go to TPC Summerlin. And go to, uh, let me just make sure I don't have any other filters on. I think I do. Well, bent grass is on, but that's fine. Um, Go to TPC Summerlin. Just show everybody, not even players in this field, sort by strokes, gain putting. Ricky Fowler, the best player in the last 11 years, 11 years worth of data, the best player with at least five rounds putting on these greens at Summerlin is Ricky Fowler. And if you can get the rest of the swing in shape over the last two months, great. He might just miss the cut and then we can go back to being late. That's what's the best part about Ricky. I bet him. I bet him at 110 to one. I bet him at circa 110 to one. The, it costs me nothing to try to be early one week. And if he, if he stinks, we'll just go back to being late, but you only get one chance at this. How do you feel about Hoffman? I like Hoffman, but not here. Um, he's been terrible. And I like him so much, that I'm happy to play him any other time. I'll be there tomorrow, so I'll make sure to say, what's up? That's cool, Jake. Bummed my guy, Nick Hardy, didn't make it out of the Monday. Qualifying, yeah, uh, come find me. I don't know, I'll be around. I'll look like this. That's just my face, so come come find me. Um, or maybe I'll tweet out where I'm at if I'm going to sit there for a while. But I usually just walk the course backwards. You're the man, Rick Run. Thanks, Dustin. You're the man. Would you play more of a cash lineup if you were playing a three max entry 100 person? More of a cash lineup, yes. Do you like going back to Sam Burns this week? Yes, big time. So fun fact. So I went on the Golf Digest podcast this week. Love those guys. Uh, It's called Be Right. So they do this this segment. It's called Spicy Nugs, where I think you're supposed to, uh, you're just supposed to like, give a hot take that you think might cut like the spicier, the better. Um, I believe, so last time I was on, I think it was for the masters. And I said, Bryson was going to miss the cut, which by the way, I got flamed for, and he made the cut on the number. And only because Rafa Cabrera, Bayo, uh, Jordan Spieth, and somebody else could not make a birdie on the last two holes that would have pushed him out. So that was like, not that I should take credit for that one, but that was a real thing. And I got flamed for it. Uh, The other one was this week. I said, um, I said, Sam Burns wins. Now it's obviously very, very spicy to go back to back. Sam Burns is the modern player, guys. Sam Burns will win a lot this year or will contend a lot. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. He's the modern player. The last time he won his next start, he finished second. Should have won it. Right? Like I'm not, I don't, I don't buy that. We're just going to get like regression because he won last week. No way. Okay, finally, a question about Norlander. Uh, Cool. So Cassidy says, could Norlander continue great play this week? I like to think so. So let me show you guys something. Uh, This should still be up on the live leaderboard. So the live leaderboard is a free tool that you can just kind of look at last week. It was Henrik Norlander, not Sam Burns, that led the field in strokes gained approach. Gained on the putting surface. Gained around the green. Lost two off the tee. Um, this is generally a pretty good sticky stat, how you're hitting it on, on approach, uh, that you'll, that you'll carry it over week to week. So yes, I believe Norlander will have a good week. Riley, uh, ho- I'm hoping you're just tuning in says what type of player would suit well here? Moderately long, accurate players who can make a lot of birdies and putt well. That would be the concise way to look at it. Uh, what are a couple of (laughs) round one matchups that you would parlay together? Uh, I would not, uh, parlays are what keep books in business. Uh, so I would not, but have at it. Good luck. John. Hey, John says, would you do a deep dive on Taylor Gooch? Sure. So here's Gooch. Oh, you know, you, you know what you love about Gooch? The approach play. Such a good ball striker, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, five, uh, six of his last seven weeks. He's gained at least two strokes on approach. That's good. Uh, I would love to see him do this, like what he did at the Fortinet. Be a zero driver. If, if Gooch is a zero driver and he's going to hit the ball well, and he's going to putt. Okay. That's, that's a really good combination. Uh, he cannot do this, which is lose four strokes uh lose four strokes off the tee. He's actually very good around the green player. I don't think people realize that. Very good short game. The putter, it's fine. Let's see how he is on bent. Well, he's pretty darn good. I don't mind this. But his, but his week, Taylor Gooch's week, mark my words, um, you know, I say this about I say about Victor Hovland, His week will be decided with his putter. Uh Gooch's, Gooch's week will be decided with the driver. If he keeps it in play and drives to a zero, love his chances. If he sprays it, it's going to be a short week for him. Aaron Wise, yay or nay? So Aaron Wise, um, I guess, it again, this is, no offense, Gun Ranger, this is not a very good question because I don't know what you're talking about here. Should you play him on DraftKings? Should you bet him? I don't know what yay or nay means, but it gives me an opportunity to talk about Aaron Wise, so I think it's fascinating. I wrote an article for Golf Digest, uh, the top 10 players that are going to make you money this year, and it's kind of a bunch of different ways to do it. Um, Sam Burns was in it. Aaron Wise was in it. Uh, because Aaron wise is, uh, kind of like a fantasy hero, right? Makes a lot of birdies, makes a lot of bogeys, but that's okay. In fantasy scoring, um, he's volatile in a good way. You know, you can play him in a lot of showdown situations. He's starting to putt a lot better. Look at, uh, this stretch of golf here from the American express, the start of last year to the John Deere hemorrhaging strokes on the putting surface, uh, Three of his last four, he's been pretty darn good. He's actually gained over two and a half in two of his last four. It's and it's, and it and that creates results, right? Because the rest of his game is kind of interesting. So 21st, 17th, 26th in his last three weeks. I've been, I've been at Summerlin for I don't know how many hours the last two days. And you know who I have seen on the putting green essentially the entire time I've been there? Aaron Wise. This dude is grinding on the putting green. He's using the um I don't, it's not, it's, he's obviously not anchoring it, but it's the longer putter, right? It's kind of like the broomstick and he is grinding. So I, I appreciate the work he's putting in. You can tell it's coming into some of these results here. And I think he is a very good fantasy score. Is he going to win this golf tournament? Maybe not, but he probably actually almost certainly not. But, but he is going to, uh, I think he outpaces his, his fan, his finishing position a lot. You've talked about Louie uh, I mean Louie to finish inside the top 20 I mean I could probably tell you exactly how I feel about this So I've got the tournament predictor tool here which will tell you you know the likelihood of each golfer I, if I, I simulated this event a um, thousand times. Louie wins at six percent of the time, finishes inside the top 20 sixty six percent of the time. So if you can get uh, odds that are better than that, or worse than that, I guess. However you however you look at it. it's always like if he's going up or down the leaderboard or lower, or whatever, higher, um, then you should bet it. I think Louis Louis's great. Would you put a min bet in on Gary Kago just for a punt? Yes. Are you betting Reed in the outright market or to finish top ten? I have made um, I've made four bets this four outright bets this week. Hovland. Simpson, two up top. Reed, 50 to 1, something like that. And Ricky. Yeah. At 110. Those are the four outrights I made. Uh, then I have um obviously matchups. Uh I have, I believe, answer top 20. I might have sung j top 20. Although that might be last week. I might be getting confused. But those outrights are are definitely correct. Um Okay, I think that is going to do it. I'm at the end of the questions, and it's been an hour. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, there is a chance I run back out to Summerlin today. I have to finish the Run Good Rundown. If you have not signed up for it, it's there should be a link in the description. It's where I just like throw a bunch of trends and stuff. I got to finish that up and send it out. Um, but I might head back out there. So make sure you follow me on Twitter. Um, this week's going to be great. I should be out there tomorrow morning. Should be a lot of fun. Sign up for rickrungood.com. Join me tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time for the Jock Market Power Hour. It's going to be a blast. Pet your dogs. Have a great week. Talk to you guys.